just, stable, and sustainable world for all life. It's the future that 2020 reminded us we really need. While it can be hard to imagine the huge shifts it will take to get there, one thing remains certain, how essential we are to each other. People to people, people to nature, nature to everything. What Are You Doing Here? is a podcast by the Emerging World Project, where voices for and about our Earth and all of her inhabitants come to you with stories from across the globe. Stories that remind us that we can achieve incredible things, but it starts with each of us acknowledging that we are part of something greater than ourselves. I am your host, Addison Brown. And I am your co-host, Marley Alabanza. People to people, people to nature, nature to everything. Indeed, these connections are the bedrock of our existence. When nature thrives, people thrive. But even when we acknowledge this truth on a planetary scale, it's easy to lose sight of what that means to individual communities and individual people. People and nature find ways to thrive together. Let's not forget what that looks like. Our guest today is Deidre. She is a cultural activist passionate about the historical stories of women. She is the founder of NAAP Productions, a fully integrated, broad-based production company screening untold stories of Southern Africa. Deidre has a long history of stage performing. She took these skills and started writing her own stories that she is creating into short and feature films, working extensively on narratives closest to her heart. Stories that include indigenous heritage and traditions that have been forgotten is the most important dialogue that she wants to create. Deidre identified that women needed a voice to represent themselves creatively. This was a great way to start a company that stood for African writers, directors, and producers. In 2020, the company partnered with an Indian storyteller and produced Love Thy Neighbor, an animated short film that went on to win international awards. In that same year, they produced Stories in the Wind, a web series that tells the indigenous story of a young girl finding her purpose. Please join us in welcoming our guest, Deidre. Hello, Deidre, and welcome to the show. Hi there. Thank you so much, Edison, for having me. I'm very excited to be here. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, It's been a long time coming. We've been trying to, to line up to be able to speak with you. So I'm glad that you have the time. And I'm really looking forward to hearing about all of the beautiful work that you're doing and are continuing to do. So let's go ahead and get started here. Um, One of the first questions I'd love to ask so that we can get a feel for who you are a little bit and what your relationship is to the natural world. I'm wondering if you can think back to a time when you first noticed that relationship with the natural world. Oh, 
I think that's an amazing question. Um, I think I always start with, um, I am Deirdre Janjit and I am from a small town um, in the Western Cape in, in South Africa. And I don't know, I've always just felt a connection to, I think it's a question that I'm asking myself currently as well. I've literally started just connecting with understanding that I I was gifted and I yeah I was gift I was gifted and I was just different to everybody else and not coming from a family that had like or spoke about their connection to um to nature and so many other things and also spirituality I sort of allowed myself to just tap into it and I think it was my way to just unlock all of the things that was inside of me. So I think it it started at a young age um, in the little town that I'm from, in Deiselsdorf. Do you remember um, a couple of specific things? Like I used to collect acorns <laughs> and when I learned the full process of, of an acorn my whole world changed I'm wondering if you remember uh, any specific things that may have caused you to look deeper yeah you know the first time that I saw it rained and it was hailing um, one day it was the first time, I, I I think I was about six or seven years old, and it was the first time that I sort of experienced hail. And I remember that I stood by the window and I asked my aunt, I said, why is it showering ice blocks? How, mm. how did that come to life? Like, who thought of that kind of creation, ice blocks? <laughs> I mean, it's not <laughs> but it is ice blocks that's coming from somewhere up there, and it's just like pouring. So that was for me. It was for me that was, it was odd, but it was, in a very weird way, beautiful. <laughs> it is, and it is a curious, for a child, and sometimes, well, even for an adult, it is a very curious phenomenon uh, or reality water like what is water in all of its forms it's just it I can imagine why as a child one would you know question that in such heaviness you know because it is actually beautiful in every single form it comes in whether it's steam or clouds or it's just it's beautiful it's life it is feels like it's the the basis of life because um, even our breath is exactly. water. And it's so interesting that I'm bringing it up because, you know, my story has that kind of element attached to it. So I would love to. I would love to talk about, I would love to talk about your story. I just want to ask you a couple of things um, and then we can delve into your beautiful stories. So, um, you you mentioned your ancestry and spirituality. I wonder if there is a person or persons that were greatly influential 
in your life when it comes to your ancestry and um, oh. spirituality? I, I, to be honest, nobody, <laughs> nobody in my family, um, you know, in our family, it's very, everything is, was very silent. You couldn't ask questions. No, I don't come from that background where we could ask questions. And I think with my curiosity and always being so curious about things, I went and I just found myself. So um, as as time went by, I realized that there was a connection in the research of my family tree. So my great, my great, great, yeah, my great, great grandmother and great, great grandfather, they, they have a family tree of their kids, <clears throat> sorry, of their kids and of um, them with all of the dates of who, all of the kids when they were born, the day that they got married. It's literally this piece of archive that hung in their house. And when I started doing research on my family tree, um, just because I was curious to understand my ancestry, I then went home and there's this box, no, or not this box, there's this chest full of archive that is just hidden in a room somewhere. And as soon as my sister and I, we opened up, we opened up this chest and so much beautiful images, pictures, um, archive, diaries was literally stored in there. And it, for me, it was almost like I was looking for what was looking for me. And in order for me to become a storyteller, I have to know that I need to know who I am. I need to understand where I come from. I need to understand how this spirituality, this gift of understanding how I am one with nature, how I am one with the universe and how I am one with my ancestors. You know, these things I had to go on this journey to figure out by myself. Mm. And yeah, I think it's, it's, it's an amazing journey so far. You discovered um, a magical box. That would be the influence. What was in the <laughs> box? Seems like it planted <laughs> the seeds and, and you nurtured those seeds, right? Exactly. It seems like it. Um, right? I feel like information and our ancestry and understanding our ancestry can come in many, 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 many different ways when one is in as in touch as you are. Mm -hmm with this spiritual reality. Um, I think that's really beautiful. So it, it, it actually, you can say no one, but actually the box is the one. <laughs> it was. The, it was the chest. <laughs> and you know, it's so funny that same, when I opened, when we opened that chest, a couple of days after my grandmother got a stroke, she literally got a stroke. And every time, we go home or I go home and I pray. Something always happens to, to make a change in the house 
or yeah. with a family or or just something that I really want or the happiness and just like family love to be one I feel like I've got that power or that presence where if I pray or if I ask the higher power for something it comes to life mm-hmm. so it's it's a beautiful thing which is scary at first but it's a beautiful thing to know that you've got that kind of power it really is it is exquisite to know i'm so happy that you have that <laughs> gift it's just it's beautiful and that you're sharing it uh which makes me think about um you as a visual storyteller mm-hmm. and how did you originally uh discover that uh in you that's the way that you wanted to communicate perhaps this gift or how did it come to you yeah i i think it's always been with me it's just i was never i wasn't taught how to sort of use it I also forgot to mention I used to be a flamenco dancer. I used to be oh, a beautiful. <laughs> and the funniest thing is people always used to say if I go onto stage there's a majestic energy around me that I couldn't see. Everybody else could see it, but I Ooh. I didn't see it. And I, I, you know, whenever I used to go on stage, you could feel or I could feel that my presence changed, my energy, my aura, my body language. The whole stage became my sort of sanctuary in a way. So I just thought if I could channel my kind of power like that on stage how can i also not do that with storytelling with making a change by actually working towards making a people known making indigenous people known making nature known making sure mm. that we are representing and we using storytelling as a tool to actually make a change for the next generation but also all generations because you know we are connected to nature we are connected to the spirits and the higher powers but sometimes we lose it because we're so busy with you know this modern technology modern things that is constantly changing so how do you do how do you connect a people to the higher power or their higher purpose um and storytelling is that sort of tool to use right so those are wonderful questions to to get you moving in that direction were you always before we talk about the storyline of your it's an animated book and a television series is that correct yes so it's stories in event is becoming a book a children's book which has a series of stories um and then the animation which is um which is open to the public 
um, it's only the first story that is being told through the animation. So it's a short film that um, that reflects the first story um, out of ten stories. That is a collection. That is going to be a collection in the book. Beautiful. Yeah. Would you share with us what the storyline is, and then I'm really curious about your creative process. So it sounds like you had questions about making change. So if you could um, be specific about what that change, what your vision for change is and, and whom it is for, and then uh, share with us a little bit about your creative process, how the, the series came to you. So, so the first story, I always start with the story, which is the animated um, um, film, short film. And it all started, I, 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 as I was going through my process and understanding myself, <clears throat> I, I heard the story from somebody. Um, and she just, she told me something small. She literally just gave me an overview of the story. And so she said to me, um, she has the book at home. And I was like, that's a very interesting story. And the story sort of haunted me. I was like, why am I thinking about the story? I couldn't sleep at night. It took me, like, every night I had to wake up and I thought about the story. So it sort of haunted me in a way. And so one day in the same week, I just said, you know what? Something is telling me, just write the story down. And it was so, it was, to me, what was beautiful is that I, I, I wanted to see more detail I wanted to see a little girl. I wanted, I added more things and I made it my own because I think as I'm looking at it now, <laughs> I think that I wrote the story because I, 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 I wanted to see myself in a story. So um, I'm going to tell you a little bit of the story. Um, so it's the story of this young girl or this child. She was chosen to speak to to save her people um, when there's going to become when there's a drought that's going to come in the near future. And this this young girl, um, this older or the 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 wise woman of the village, she has dreams, and a dream comes through from her ancestors and the creator to say that there's going to be a child that's going to be born. And this child will have a certain mark on her body. A certain mark. And when you find that certain mark, you give her this name. So the child, when she came into the world, <clears throat> she already had, like her, her calling was already planned out for her. And... I think also like a lot of the elements in the film and in the story, like the birthmark 
on the buttocks is is a specific part of myself because I have a birthmark on my buttocks <laughs> that I that I used into um that I wrote into the story. Mm-hmm. So I think that for me was really interesting to see how I can actually take the story that has it that is plotted out already, but I use a lot of my own life experiences that I'm putting in to the story. So I would say my process was um uh, just write the story down because it clearly cannot get out of my head. That was my process for the first story. And I think the other stories they they came naturally afterwards. Um yeah. And do they all have these elements of nature? Right. So it sounds like there's a, a look at uh, some of the effects of climate change and how they might be answered uh, by generations to come or young people that are already here. They all have an element of of nature. They also have an element of um, just life itself, relationships. One of the stories, I'm going to tell you this one now. <laughs> this this one is, for me, I don't know where the story came from, but it came from a deep part of myself that I myself didn't know existed within me. It's um, the story of this woman. So she's the first, first creation of our creator. And she has been moving through um, the universe for billions and billions of years. And so she's, she's a star. And the star, as she moves through the universe, she collects stories as she goes to different planets. And one day, she she just stops and she's like, you know what, I've been gathering so many stories I don't know how or who I should hand this to and so on earth she's never been to earth and she she hears this old man and this old man he's a he's a Kham man which is an indigenous man and he prays to the higher power, to the stars, to give him new stories to tell around the fire to the kids in his community or his village. And she eventually hears his, his cry out and she hands all the billions of stories that she knows Ooh. over to him and he guards it with his life. So... It's 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 small stories like that that just it it evoked out of me. I'm excited mm. for the book. I love that. It's a type of transmission that is so expansive, right? The collection of stories from other planets and within the cosmos and then gifted to someone here on Earth is a somewhat of a transmission in the same way that you receive these transmissions to tell the story, right? Like you're receiving this. I love that. I love that in terms of mm, an opportunity for us to reimagine and to broaden our our 
um, views and to dig deep into a broader and deeper perspective of how we might live on this earth. Um, exactly. So I, I love that. I'm excited for the book too. <laughs> if you, let's say, if you thought about this series as a whole, um, what do you think is really imp- is important for the future generations and the youth of today to take away from your series? I, you know, I just want brown-skinned kids to see themselves. Um, specifically, you know, we've got different shades of brown. We've got different types of brown. We've got, we've got so many shades, and we've got so many different reflections of, you know, our skin, of our cultures, of our traditions, of our personalities, and. I specifically wanted um, Indigenous children to start seeing themselves and specifically also to be represented by someone that comes from that tradition, that background. So to me, it's all about representation and and representing my First Nation people, my ancestors, my, the children, so that they can become proud of themselves and for the world to also be proud of them Mm. um so that to me is basically what i'm striving for is for us to see us to represent us and to be proud of us We are talking to Deidre. She is a cultural activist passionate about the historical stories of women. She is the founder of Na'at Productions, a fully integrated, broad-based production company screening untold stories of Southern Africa, stories that include indigenous heritage and traditions that have been forgotten. Don't go away. We'll be right back. So as you were working on this and continue to work on it, on this, are there things that um, you're surprised to learn? Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I really want to focus on publishing the book this year um, so that we can, I, I really want to see if I can't sell the book like worldwide that's what I really want for it I I specifically also want the book to go into um into certain curriculums at schools um so that they can learn and it becomes a tool to learn about imagination but also pre-colonial um existence also just imagination and storytelling. Um, my, my, my way, the way that I also have written is 
there's a so it's going to be published in Afrikaans, which is my my home language. And this there's a specific slang in the way that we speak when we speak Afrikaans. So I'm trying to also break that standard way of reading, um, that standard way of seeing Afrikaans being written. So I'm trying to decolonize and indigenize people's mindsets in the way that they read the specific Afrikaans. And yeah, I, I really want That's it then to be turned into English translate it into English and then mm -hmm. make sure that we sell it across the globe. Yes. And I, I think that I feel that that first point is really valuable to know the language pre-colonized. This mm -hmm. is really important element. And I'm grateful that you're bringing that into the space as a primary focus um in the educational space i was curious um as to how these stories would would surface um post apartheid and mm. uh, just this new this next generation as we see all of the shifts happening across the globe um mm -hmm. so i'm grateful for the work that you're doing and the way that you're choosing to go about it it's really powerful and really magnificent uh, what kind of challenges have you faced in that in the space in, in trying to present it in this way? I'm I'm sure that obviously finding a publisher is challenging for all of us. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know when you're really when you're really pushing the envelope um, and mm -hmm. it comes to you in such a powerful way, right? In the way in which it's coming to you. I would imagine that there are some challenges. Um, what might be some of yours? Well, it it took me two years to get this published. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I started in twenty twenty. I I actually had a mentor, and she helped me along the way with um, making sure that the 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 Afrikaans is standard Afrikaans. Because, you know, when you do send it off to a publisher, they are very nitty-gritty in the mm. structures. So when, yeah, like it was, it was a bit of a fight to, to keep my language um, solid, but to also try and compromise with the standard language. So that, that for me in the first around was quite difficult but I just had to go you know understand that there's a bigger picture if they don't like it they won't say yes to it but if they like it they would say yes to it and yeah it took me two years and I, I think everything happens at the right time we going into starting the the, the illustration for the book um and planning it out. So now the the actual hard work mm. is starting. So I'm 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 excited, but I'm also going 
you know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. It's 50-50. I think we're taking risks every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm taking a risk by just publishing this book. I think the publishers are also taking a risk on me, but they also understand that there's a bigger new shift that's happening. We all need each other. We all need each other. This is the era of togetherness in that sense. Um, And it feels like each system, I'll call it, you know, is getting on board uh, slowly but surely, right? Yes. They, everybody is starting to see, they, you know, there's this indigenous wave across the globe. Um, Indigenous people are, you know, they want to be recognized, they want to be seen, they want to be heard, they want to be acknowledged. And if all nations from different Indigenous um, parts of the world could, you know, represent themselves in this kind of way, it does does turn into a a great shift for, for us all. Right. Right. The benefits are for us all. Exactly. I wanted to ask you this earlier. Um, as a as a person that's creative and um having ideas all the time, do you have any sort any daily practices that you do to just stay or stay solid in that zone or does it just come naturally? Oh, I I haven't. I I also I'm also producing some other project. I I have to be sort of a, an overview of you know the financials mm. and making sure that pitch documents look good. We get funding for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've poured a lot of my energy into producing for the past say yeah and mm-hmm. you know my my 2022 became so overwhelming i'm currently feeling very overwhelmed with all the all of the work and all of the responsibilities that you sort of lose your creativity along the way you know you've taken on all of this work and so i'm trying to really tap into my creativity again with another story, which is about Sarah Bartman. And I feel I should really focus and try to find that find that balance between being a creative and creating work that that you believe um, is worth it to be told, but also mm. how do I support other creatives um, and make their dream come true as well. That's a wonderful balance, um, I, I feel, to learn the workings of producing and mm-hmm. balance it with creating and supporting other young creators, which would bring me to that question about that experience for you and some wisdom from having experience. If you were to, let's say, you know, plant some seeds of potential action for young people, what would you suggest for young people looking to? Yeah, I would say, you know, you just have to become or be true to yourself, be true to who you are, be be open and honest with yourself and 
you have to also know what you want for yourself out of this world. You need to specifically know what you want to say, know who your focus is, and keep your focus on on who you want to talk about. Specifically, if you want to talk about the black community, if you want to talk about the indigenous community, if you want to talk, you know, you need to be specific and you need to stand your ground because if if no one else is going to believe in you, you better believe in you. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful suggestions absolutely yeah recently i've been so so my december holidays i i was with my family specifically and i realized that you know you can put so much work into your dream and it can become an amazing reality but you also need to have you must you must make sure that you've got love and people that loves you um you need to surround yourself with those kinds of people and then i also have not been in nature much so i just said there's this new thing that i want to do besides always working i i want to hike and be in nature and be surrounded by the trees and mm. the actual stories that I'm writing I want to be surrounded by it mm-hmm. so trying to find you know that balance between the most amazing work that I'm creating but also the most am- amazing times that I'm spending with myself that I'm you know listening to myself and finding it within you know love and peace and nature i would say this is this is becoming my way of thinking now i i want those things i want i want it to fill me and i want it to pour out into my work right that i talk about this a lot with young people, that reciprocity in nature, that... Oh, it is the most beautiful thing. I don't know. I We, we had a four-hour hike. We walked. We took... Um, we went to Newlands Forest. Uh, we got dropped there. And we literally walked from Newlands Forest to our house, which is in, in Cape Town. And it was like... I you just when you come out of that hike or that walk you feel so alive you feel the trees is still walking with you is still part of you <laughs> the like nature's aura um its healing energy is 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 over you so you are so protected when you come from that and you are so like you're alive from inside so i do pray that everybody actually gets a piece of that kind of you know nature that i think it's i think it's we're in a time now to understand where we are 
within mm-hmm. the cosmos, within the entire ecosystem, how we are in it, not on top of it. Exactly. Not, well, I've said this before, but not on the weekends, not when you find time. <laughs> but it is in you in exactly. all directions. So, and and what we're experiencing when we have these long hikes and we're in beingness with the interbeingness with the trees and the and the ground below us is we're experiencing our existence. When you say I feel alive, that is life. Mm-hmm. That is exactly what is happening. Your life isn't our lives aren't anything separate. It is th- it is this. Mm-hmm. So I'd love that as a as a as a a lens at which we are now beginning to look through more so than ever. It seems like it's the time, mm-hmm. right? Like we <laughs> just can't play around anymore. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, there's there's things to do, and when we can we can harness that energy. I feel the same way. I mean, I do I do everything I can outside. I take my meetings outside. I eat my food outside. I prep my food outside. I do everything outside. I walk barefoot I love as it. much I as love I can. <laughs> I love you want to come it. over? You know, we're gonna go for a walk, right? Like we're if we're gonna talk, we're we're on a walk. We're in the hills. We're on the beach. We're wherever we can get to. But mm-hmm. and that has really changed the way in which I mm, view life and the way I harness the energy and the potential for uh, creating life, new life, and extending the life in which we already are a part of. So we are walking together. Um, I'm going to ask you a couple more questions before we go. And one of them has to do with uh, resources that you have found particularly helpful and inspiring to you that you might want to share? (laughs) Specifically, I think resources um, like apps or... Books, films. Oh, okay, okay. Podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) I... The tree down the street. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, you know, taking a hike is a beautiful resource. Yes, <laughs> I I would say um, animation films. Um, there's so many beautiful stories that's got such like prophetic and such profound, strong female characters, Ooh. and you know brown-skinned female characters. I love that. I think that is that is a resource that sort of, it, it fills me up to know that our, you know, things are changing. We are seeing more and more of ourselves. And in different parts of the world, I even love it. Yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, I mean, it all started with Moana for me. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> Maybe it even started with Pocahontas because I, uh, you know, I loved Pocahontas. I was just, I was obsessed, and I was probably like four, three, four years old. 
Mm. But I think my love for um, stories and these brown skin characters started with Pocahontas and mm. it 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 reawoke it or it I I woke up again when I mm-hmm. watched Moana. Mm. So Moana is one of the biggest and I still cry. And I've watched mm. that and I still cry for the same parts. Um, <laughs> so it's 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 knowing that these stories, um, these films, these books, um, they can inspire your work to keep going and to also mo- to motivate you to keep going. Yes. Yes, and right, and offer possibility by seeing the the female characters and brown female characters. I love that. (laughs) So how can people um, stay in contact with you or watch the work as it unfolds? What's the best way? Yeah, I think my work, my social media presence is, I've made sure that I'm always updating everybody about the kind of work that I'm doing. And so I would say, but also Stories in Event has a website. So you can watch the animation film on our website, which is www.storiesandevent.co.za. You can also get a hold of me um, through my Instagram, which is at Chanchis Deirdre. Um, if people want to be directly in contact with me, they can also email me via chanchisdeirdre at gmail.com. And yeah, my, my production company is Na'a Productions. Wonderful. I will make sure that we put um, all of that information um, on the page for this episode okay here's my last fun question my my wrap it up question (laughs) if Deidre could have one billboard for all the world to see what would it say and why sure that is a hectic one one billboard I think you're gonna have to give me like a couple of seconds for it to sink in. What do I really want to That's say? That's fine. There's this one um, indigenous storyteller. Um, they call him Kai um, Kwan, and he he has the saying of okay. So, so he said, our mothers used to say that when a star falls from the sky, it goes into a water pit. As it enters the water pit, it sounds like a quiver enters water, which also lives. As does he, who is a Kreikha. For this is the water from which Titan are wont to fetch 
water bill. So a geicha is somebody that has a spirit, a a special gift, and so only if if you are called to to do something, then it is your calling. It's no one else's. It's it's yours. So you need to you need to own up to it. That's beautiful. That is really beautiful. I want to thank you for coming on and speaking with That's us it. and sharing your story and your beautiful words, your beautiful spirit. Um, I greatly appreciate it. I feel very honored to be here for this amazing work that you you are doing. So I'm very proud of you as well. Thank you. Okay, that's a wrap for this episode. Remember, friends, be the light in the room. Thank you for stopping by. You can help us spread the word about what are you doing here by sharing this episode or leaving a review in your favorite podcast app. Reviews help potential listeners see that our show is worth their time and every single one makes a difference. For a deeper look at what the Emerging World Project is up to, head on over to emergingworldproject.org. The Emerging World Project studios are on Tongva land.